Welcome to The Kinked Wire, the interventional radiology podcast from SIR Publications. You can learn more on our website, starweb.org slash In this episode, the audio version of a special communication published in the Journal of Vascular and Interventional Radiology, the authors describe what led to the current contrast media shortage, what steps radiological associations have recommended, and what the interventional radiologist can do to continue meeting their patients' needs during this crisis. Mitigation Strategies for Interventional Radiology During a Global Contrast Media Shortage by Nikki Keefe, MD, Kush R. Desai, MD, Maureen P. Kohi, MD, and Gloria Salazar, MD. Recently, GE Healthcare announced a supply chain disruption affecting the global supply of Iohexol and Iodixanol due to COVID-19 restrictions affecting the manufacturing facility and shipping infrastructure in Shanghai, China. This disruption has halted 80% of their production, with the remaining 20% still being produced in Cork, Ireland. In response to this shortage, which is expected to extend through June 2022, and likely beyond, the American College of Radiology Committee on Drugs and Contrast Policy has published a guideline statement that advocates for 1. Diverting diagnostic imaging to other modalities, unenhanced commuted tomography, magnetic resonance imaging, and ultrasound when possible. 2. Use of alternative brand contrast media. 3. Reduced individual dosing. And 4. Supply prioritization based on patient acuity. Interventional radiology practices are faced with instituting urgent changes in patient care to preserve contrast media for use in procedures for which alternative options are not available or in emergent scenarios. In this communication, we propose an initial approach to case prioritization, as well as short-term strategies for management of existing supply to optimize utility and minimize waste. Part 1. Approach to Case Prioritization Mitigation efforts include creating a priority matrix for procedures that require iodinated contrast media versus procedures that can be deferred, those that can be performed with alternative imaging modalities, for example, intravascular ultrasound, and those that can be performed with alternative contrast media, for example, carbon dioxide, gadolinium, ethiodized oil, barium, room air. While supply may vary across institutions, a common approach is deferral of all elective procedures that require iodinated contrast media to a later time. For emergent procedures for which iodinated contrast media is absolutely required, efforts to optimize imaging software, that is, roadmap, overlay, during emergency procedures are being emphasized to maximize the efficiency and yield of contrast media utilized per case. In addition, local leadership committees should be created to oversee institutional contrast media use and to coordinate targeted use of contrast media on the basis of patient acuity in all procedural areas within the hospital that use contrast media, such as neurointerventional radiology, interventional cardiology, vascular surgery, neurology, radiation oncology, orthopedic surgery, and advanced gastroenterology. As an example, for each area at one institution, Leadership requested that clinical teams triage examinations into three categories. One, emergent, must be done as soon as possible. Two, can be delayed up to one month. Three, can be delayed by three months. For the second and third categories, every effort has been taken to reschedule patients within the timeline determined. 
Table 1 lists an example of a prioritization matrix on the use of iodinated contrast media for IR procedures stratified by patient acuity. Part 2. Minimizing Waste and Centralizing Allocation of Supply While case prioritization and the use of alternative contrast media may reduce iodinated contrast media use, many IR procedures will continue to require the use of iodinated contrast media. Mitigation strategies to reduce waste and conserve supply are necessary for sustainable emergency patient management. As part of centralization of contrast media management, a central pharmacy may be used to distribute contrast media, including repackaging in smaller aliquots. In multi-hospital healthcare systems, a centralized inventory system may allocate contrast media to affiliates based on patient populations and acuity data. At the point of care, implementation of multi-use valved equipment can extend the use of multi-use contrast media vials and minimize waste. In addition, according to individual imaging conditions, the dilution of contrast media with saline may still provide sufficient imaging quality. Part 3. Alternative Contrast Agents for IR Procedures Current recommendations for alternative contrast agents for vascular and non-vascular procedures are listed in Table 2. Part 3a. Gadolinium. While gadolinium chelates are currently off-label for intraarterial use, both published literature and broad clinical experience support its use in this manner. Gadolinium can serve as an adjuvant or confirmatory agent after intravascular ultrasound or carbon dioxide angiography have provided a preliminary assessment of vascular anatomy, but dose considerations may limit its value as a standalone agent. Numerous studies have demonstrated that gadolinium is a safe MR contrast agent even for patients with renal insufficiency. These can be extrapolated for use in catheter angiography. The recommended dose of gadolinium during MR is 0.1 milliliter per kilogram body weight gadolinium for adults and children two years and older. Studies demonstrated that the use of less than 0.3 to 0.4 millimole per kilogram body weight is associated with a low risk of nephrotoxicity. In patients with renal insufficiency, gadolinium is removed from the blood pool after three hemodialysis sessions. Peritoneal dialysis is less effective, requiring three weeks to clear 70%. The rare adverse event of nephrogenic systemic fibrosis remains poorly understood, but has been nearly eliminated after regulatory actions and change in practice away from gadolinium preparations using linear chelating agents. The low concentration 0.5 0.5 millimole per milliliter of gadolinium agents, and the recommended total dose limits of gadolinium, 0.3 to 0.4 millimole per kilogram, pose limitations for image quality and angiography. When using gadolinium for angiography, it is important to accommodate the difference of K edge, 50.2 kiloelectron volts for gadolinium, 33.2 kiloelectron volts for iodine. This requires imaging with a higher range of kilovoltage. 77 to 96 kilovolts peak, compared to procedures using iodinated contrast media. Imaging parameters should be set to maximize the contrast-to-noise ratio by using digital subtraction angiography or cone beam or angio-CT in full-strength gadolinium medium within small to medium-sized vessels only. Strategic planning is required to optimize the limited volume of gadolinium medium that can be used for a given procedure. Part 3b, carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide has been employed as a safer alternative to iodinated contrast media in patients with renal dysfunction or allergy to iodinated contrast media 
since it is neither nephrotoxic nor allergenic. Carbon dioxide displaces blood, expands, and is extremely low in viscosity, which may render a higher sensitivity to detect hemorrhage than iodinated contrast media. It is also buoyant, preferentially opacifying non-dependent vessels, which is beneficial in visualizing interior structures. It can be used for arterial or venous procedures. It is soluble in bodily fluids and tissue and is eliminated by the respiratory system. There is no dose limit to its use and therefore it can be used liberally. The use of carbon dioxide carries unique risks. Due to the buoyancy of carbon dioxide, trapping can result in organ ischemia. A more permanent vapor lock may occur when a static collection of carbon dioxide is gradually replaced by nitrogen and oxygen in an end vessel or a pocket, such as an aortic aneurysm or a branch with poor flow, such as the inferior mesenteric artery, resulting in a gas embolus. These risks are greatly compounded by any contamination with room air. Familiarity with carbon dioxide delivery systems is therefore mandatory. To prevent trapping, carbon dioxide administration should be limited to less than 100 milliliter per injection. A 30 milliliter arterial bolus is fully absorbed within 30 to 60 seconds. Therefore, bolus administration should be timed one to two minutes apart. If fluoroscopic evidence of trapping occurs, aspiration may be effective. Because of its buoyancy, carbon dioxide angiography has limitations in defining the anatomy of larger diameter vessels aorta or inferior vena cava, and may also overestimate the degree of stenosis. Digital compilation or stacking of consecutive imaging may improve visualization when a bolus appears fragmented. Imaging should be performed at a higher frame rate, that is, 5 to 6 frames per second, with a carbon dioxide volume 1.5 to 2-fold higher than iodinated contrast media for the same application. Because of the risk of cerebrovascular ischemia, Carbon dioxide is contraindicated for intraarterial use above the diaphragm and for intravenous use in patients with known right-to-left shunt. Additionally, it should be avoided in patients who are receiving nitrous oxide anesthesia. Capnography should be used to monitor for malperfusion when using carbon dioxide, since elimination is highly dependent on cardiac output. Part 3C, Gastrointestinal and Genitourinary Contrast Media iodinated contrast media containing sodium and or megalumine salts of diatrazoate, gastrographin, cystographin, sonographin, can be used for non-vascular gastrointestinal and genitourinary applications. For example, gastrographin is a safe alternative for gastrointestinal access and catheter exchange procedures, including gastrostomies and gastrojejunostomies. Similarly, cystographin is a viable alternative for genitourinary access and exchange procedures, including nephrostomies and nephroureterostomies. These formulations must not be given intravascularly because of additives, including solubilizing agents and flavorings. Other iodinated contrast media that are ionic and hyperosmolar that are no longer favored for intravascular use may also be repurposed for non-vascular use. Part 3D Intravascular Ultrasound Radial firing intravascular ultrasound and side firing intravascular ultrasound, also known as intracardiac echocardiography, have established roles in vascular procedures for their ability to assess vessel luminal anatomy and to evaluate pathology. Use of intravascular ultrasound decreases radiation exposure in procedural times. 
Intravascular ultrasound has been commonly used in venous and aortic interventions, as well as coronary arterial interventions. Despite the wide array of applications of intravascular ultrasound and the equivalent or complementary information yielded when compared with angiography, utilization has been limited by the requirement of additional cost, time, and expertise. These disincentives may be outweighed during the contrast media shortage. Procedures for which intravascular ultrasound can be used to reduce or eliminate the use of contrast media include vena cava filter placement, transvenous biopsy, portal intervention and shunt creation, and complex intervention on obstructive peripheral arterial and venous disease. Part 4. Conclusion While iodinated contrast media have been the standard for interventional procedures for over 60 years, the current global shortage requires the proceduralist to reevaluate this commodity. The prioritization of emergent and urgent procedures with postponement of others may help to ride out the shortage. Judicious use of existing inventory of contrast media and the use of alternative agents such as gadolinium, carbon dioxide, and non-vascular contrast media and alternative imaging modalities such as intravascular ultrasound may help to mitigate or eliminate the need for iodinated contrast media in a substantial portion of IR procedures and extend the availability of contrast media for truly necessary use. Some of the changes in practice and procedures that are being implemented may prove to be beneficial and permanent, serving patients in the long term by minimizing both contrast media load and radiation exposure. That was Mitigation Strategies for Interventional Radiology During a Global Contrast Media Shortage by Drs. Nikki Keith, Kush Desai, Maureen Kohi, and Gloria Salazar. You can find the text article with accompanying tables and references on jvir.org. We thank the authors for their contribution and you for listening to the King Choir. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any thoughts or ideas for us, drop us a line at kingchoir at surweb.org.